Hello and welcome to the Tweed Coast Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message would inspire you, that it would build your faith, and that it would give you perspective on how God is moving in your life. So be blessed and enjoy the message. I just really wanted to share for a little, a little while some thoughts that God had placed upon my heart. Um, for today as we're sharing on Building a Legacy Sunday, you know, and uh, uh, I just think it's so significant that we're here and we're singing Pour Your Spirit Out and there's a real connection because this land um, in all ways is not to be an end in itself, um, but it is to be a facility that facilitates a move of God. And uh, so we are here today and uh, experiencing God's presence. And thank you, guys. It's uh, amazing that you let us in worship. Great presence of God here today. So it's just so good. Here's the, 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 the text today for us from Isaiah 60. It says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And it says this, And the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Today, the title of my message is On the Edge of Despair, On the Brink of Revival. And today, it's so significant that we're speaking in these terms. We're singing these songs that uh, today, for many people in Australia, including ourselves on the Northern Rivers, people are despairing in this crazy season that we find ourselves in, you know, as humans throughout the world, not just in Northern Rivers or in Australia, but throughout the world, that people are on the edge of despair. But I want to prophesy over us this morning in this message that we might be on the edge of despair, but we can be on the brink of revival, you see. And to be honest with you, you know, the last months, particularly this year, um, I've, I've walked through many different emotions and many different feelings in my heart from frustration to anger to annoyance just that at, uh, you know, life and different things going on and a feeling of powerless on some occasions, feeling powerless, um, you know, to raise my family in, in, in some sense because many decisions have been out of my control, um, sometimes helpless in different situations, but nevertheless um, on the edge of despair. And when as, as a pastor, you know, as you can imagine, I hear many different stories, different stories, not only on the Northern Rivers, but um, around Australia and around the world even. And me, many people are in the, a similar circumstance, whether it be, uh, and, and as a pastor, it actually really breaks my heart, breaks Amy's heart and my heart as we think and are prayerful of all different people. But today I believe this word is significant because God wants to shift our focus as God shifted mine through the season, he asked me a question. He asked me a question, why are you so despairing? Why are you just so despondent? Not in a condemning way, like you're not good enough or you're not faith-filled enough, but when I feel promptings like that, like I'm encouraging you to feel promptings like that, that God is wanting you to discover something. He's wanting you to uh, discover something in his word. And, and and through that question, God took to me took me to a lot of men and women of God that we esteem in our faith, great men and women of God, both in the Old and New Testament, who were on the edge of despair. 
You can think of Joseph, of Esther, of Jonah, of Gideon, of Moses, right away through even into the New Testament, the New Testament church who were on the edge of despair, but they flipped it around and they could see that they were on the brink of revival. And we, in this season, we can become victims to the circumstance or we can see that no, God has got something greater in store and in plan for my life and my future and my family and my region and my nation and my state. And we might be feeling on the brink, on the edge of despair, but at the same time, we can be on the brink of revival, on the brink of revival. And so that's what I want us to grab this morning. I love the scriptures where it says in Habakkuk, 2.14, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, 2.14, for the earth, this is a prophetic word, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. <laughs> I just love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, presently, we have not seen that. And so we're going to see that, whether it's in our lifetime or lifetimes to come, that is a prophetic picture of the future that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, as far as I understand from being a surfer, the waters cover the sea pretty well. (laughs) Waters and sea, the same thing. And God's saying, you know what, the knowledge of my glory will fill the whole earth. And we not yet have seen that. In fact, you would say that, um, and this is what my point today, that possibly in my lifetime at least, we're the furthest away that I've seen our nation away from God. Wow. The furthest away that people could turn upon each other and, and uh, we, we could be in strife or in all matter of, of ways around the world. And, and that's what my point is here today, that I believe this nation out of its own choice has turned its back upon God, has turned its back upon God and godly principles and and have rejected the God of the Bible that we worship. And so we could say, you know what, we could be despairing or we could see that this could be the very catalyst that takes us back to God, takes us back to His, His, His presence, back to His goodness and back to His grace in a way that we only dreamed of as, as children of God. And when revival truly comes, like I saw in these both Old Testament and New Testament people, when, when true revival comes, it starts within. There's a spiritual renewal that changes the way that we live and then it gets transferred out into communities. In fact, some of the Old Testament people that I'm talking about, their whole nation, their whole nation was transformed by one person or a group of people who chose not just to live in despair, but chose to set their face towards heaven, to call on heaven and to see themselves and their nation be transformed with the good news of heaven. And so today I'm not minimizing what you're going through. In fact, I'm admitting it, that we can be in a place of despair and of questions and of doubt. But today I want you to see not that as the end, but possibly the catalyst, the the, the, the stage, the, the place that is setting us up for a brink. We're on the brink of revival. You say, what is revival? Well, we see this, that the church was birthed in revival. In, in, in Acts 2, in Acts 2, we see 
Peter quoting uh, the prophecy from the prophet Joel who said, in the last days. You say, John, are we in the last days? Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe we're in the last days. Maybe we're in the last of the last days. Either way, I've only got 55 uh, more years, possibly more to go. So one way or another, we're in the last days. But this is what the prophet, this is what the prophet Joel said. And then Peter quoted again on the day of Pentecost, when God's Spirit got poured out. Remember, this is all signs of revival, God's Spirit being poured out. This is what he quoted in the last day. God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young man will see visions. Your old man will dream dreams. And that man who was only a few days before was cowardly and was, was, was afraid and, and, and was discouraged in his faith because of the coming of the Holy Spirit stood up in front of all Jerusalem. And on that very day, there was 3,000 that were added to the church. And from there, the, all of the apostles and disciples and those that were getting added to the church and added to the kingdom of God. They went about fulfilling their calling. They, they performed signs and wonders, even to the point where, where, where Peter would and Paul would be walking down the street and because of their shadow coming on a sick person or a lame person, they were healed in the name of Jesus. You see, this is what revival looks like. God's supernatural power, you know, coming on people, coming on a region and people being saved. And, and then the church got so radical, they started, listen very carefully, they started bringing their, their money together so that they could do something great together for God's kingdom. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like building a legacy? We've got a nice tricky word on it, but basically it's our hearts combining together to do something great for the kingdom of God. That's why it's so significant me talking about revival here on the land because we're not here just to build a building four walls and we're here to facilitate something of the supernatural power of God. You see, God's kingdom, in Hebrews it says that His kingdom is unshakable. <laughs> His kingdom is unshakable. And all of our lives, including my own, have had so much shaken in these last couple of years, but I'm so thankful for His kingdom and His purpose on the earth that it's unshakable. It cannot be shaken, you see. It's so powerful to understand that. In fact, the, the, the key text that I, I let out with this morning still has not been fully fulfilled on the earth. And that scripture is, and now watch the two extremes here in this scripture, Isaiah 60, arise, shine. Who's this prophesying to? Who's, the, who's God by His Holy Spirit using the prophet Isaiah to speak to, is speaking to us, followers of God. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Watch this very carefully. See, darkness covers the earth. Darkness covers the earth. Isn't this so relevant for us today? Uh, the thick darkness is over the people's. I've never known a mass feeling of anxiety and fear like I have known these last couple of years. But watch this. I love, uh, I love the reality of the scripture, but then it turns around. You see, it's in the middle of despair, but on the brink of revival. But the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears 
over you. <laughs> Can you see this? That while the earth is darkness and it covers the earth, but the Lord rises upon you. Upon who? The people of God and His glory appears over you. Can you see this morning, church, that we could be on the edge of despair, but on the brink of revival for me and my home and me and my family and me and this church. That's where we're going. That's where we're going, that we might be on the edge of darkness, but I'm believing for the light of heaven and the glory of God to be poured out in this season like never before on the face of the earth. You know, through history, even through modern history, revivals have have been birthed throughout the earth. I've always loved um, reading about revivals and moves of God uh, throughout the earth. In fact, I was in Bible college um, and we did a subject on Pentecostal and revival history. And I was looking through our textbook for that, that subject and I started reading some stories that sounded familiar to me. And I turned over the page and there was a picture of my grandmum and my granddad who were being written about in this Pentecostal and revival history book. And I thought, isn't that brilliant that it's in my DNA and it's in your DNA to be a person that sets the world on fire. You say, I don't feel like it. I'm just trying to cope. I'm just trying to manage four kids at home while on homeschool. But this is the point. This is the point that we flick our switch in our minds that we might be on the edge of despair but we're on the brink of revival. If we appropriate this season in the right way and we look for heaven, we look to heaven and we look out instead of in, you watch what God can do in and through our lives. You know, there there was the Welsh revival. This is so significant. At the turn of the century between the 1900s and the 20th century, there was the Welsh revival in those first 10 years, 1900 to 1910 approximately. The Welsh revival that is spoken of so much in history that turned the whole nation upside down. It started with a group just like Johnny who was on that video before that was, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old that were just calling out to God to do something great in that nation. They could see how backslidden their nation was and they called out for God. They were on the, the edge of despair, but they could see that they were on the brink of revival. In fact, the national sport, the national sport for, for, for Wales is rugby union. And there's a recorded premier, premier meaning the winner of the competition every year, except the years of the Welsh revival. So was the, the state of the nation that they didn't even want to go to the football. They wanted to be worshipping God. They wanted to be in God's house. They wanted to be living for Jesus, that there's no record of the premiers for rugby union in those years. It's quite the opposite of our nation. The whole nation will be shut down, but football, football will keep on going. <laughs> but this is the state of our nation that I, I, I'm highlighting today that I believe we've turned to away from God as a nation, that you would no longer call our nation, sadly, a godly or Christian nation. But that's not the end. That's not the end of the story. We've been prophesied that this would be the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're speaking today, that on this land, this will be the great seven and a half acres of the Holy Spirit. Come on. And this will, this is what we're prophesying today as we give financially to God's kingdom. You know, the Welsh revival pubs shut down because people didn't want to get, you know, get on it any longer. They wanted to be in God's presence. They wanted the Holy Spirit instead of the 
spirit. They wanted to get high on the most high and, and pubs shut down. There was an amazing move. In fact, Welsh people still sing songs that were written from the Welsh revival to this day. They were old pub, pub songs that they changed the words to and they sang and gathered together. Such was the move of God. And then there was the charismatic renewal that was in you know, around the 70s, which some people in our church were really impacted by and touched by. The charismatic renewal was a revival. And, and the thing that God does in different revivals is He does something special and unique in all different revivals. What He did in the charismatic renewal was amazing is that hippies, people that were far away from God, particularly hippies, um, you know, that were you know, high on drugs and all sorts of things were getting radically saved and born again. If you know the C3 church, amazing movement in our denomination, Phil Pringle, who was the founder of C3, was born again as a hippie and converted and his whole world and life was transformed with the good news of heaven. I wonder what God has in store for our move of God. I wonder who he's going to reach. I wonder who he's going to reach that there'd be new age people saved and born again. There'd be hippies saved and born again. There'd be young and old born again. There'd be people healed miraculously of the touch of heaven. You see, we might be on the edge of despair, but I'm choosing today to see that we're on the brink of revival. As you can see, I'm hardly sitting on this, this seat this morning because I'm so excited because what God has, and I'm calling you to the same shift all the while trying to work life out. I want us to see as this as the greatest opportunity that we can ever have to see a move of God. Here's three focuses that will really help you shift this morning. First of all, it's a shift in our focus to look up, to look up. You say, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that a million times before. No, 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 no. Look up. Heaven. Heaven is our home. Heaven is our goal. Heaven is our focus. When the things of earth grow strangely dim, where do I look? Turn my eyes to Jesus, to Jesus. This may sound really simplistic and I'm not minimizing what you're walking through, whether it's business difficulties and just working life out, knowing what to think about different circumstances. I'm not minimizing that, not for a second. I have my own journey, but I choose. And this is what Jesus said to me through my own journey. Begin to look up again with a fresh passion that Jesus plus nothing is still everything. Jesus plus nothing is still everything. And today, church, I'm encouraging us to look up with a fresh passion, to look up towards heaven, God. We're not looking to the government for our, our circumstances to change. We're not looking for our answers from this, that or the other, or those idols that we have in our life. But I'm looking up to you, to the creator and maker of heaven and earth, to, to be everything in my world, my, my, my faith, my peace, my joy, my hope, my provision, God, I'm looking up with a fresh passion. I'm turning my heart back to you and I'm looking up. Here is the second focus that I want us to look at this morning. Just as we bring this to close, the second focus is a narrowed focus. A narrowed focus. This speaks about channeling your energy. I find that through this time that we can be looking everywhere for answers or trying to work things out, trying to have an opinion that's better than somebody else. Please, in Jesus' name, stop it. <laughs> in Jesus' name, stop it. 
you can't choose life's most difficult days, but you can choose to live life less difficult. Have narrowed focus that, I'm, you know, we can't change what Scott Morrison or other government officials, what decisions they can make, but I can choose the atmosphere of my home and my heart and my region and the, my family that I can create an atmosphere of faith and hope and love in my region so it's narrowed focus and then you know what life just gets a whole lot more simple and a whole lot more profound and it becomes simply profound when we have narrowed focus but here's the last thing I want us in this season of our focus is I want us to have an outward focus I want you even today by the spirit of God to begin to look out to people there's people that are hurting right, right beside you, right around you. There's people that are lonely. There's people that need you, that need the life of heaven in you. That just a smile, just a, a, a simple question, just a simple question. How are you? No, how are you really? How are you really? What the difference that makes in a person's life at this time? What can I do for you? How can I pray for you? Can you see when we begin to look out, it's a beginning point. We're looking up to, to get our source of hope, but we're looking out. We're looking out. It's the beginnings of revival. I'm telling you when a church says that even, in the, even on the edge of despair, I'm going to look out into this world that so desperately needs a saviour. Like never before, this world needs to hear the message of Jesus I'll tell you what freedom is. Freedom is found in the name of Jesus. It's found in the name of Jesus that even in a prison, even in a prison, the Apostle Paul can say it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. See, free, this is the thing that I've been wrestling with. Imagine Australia getting all its so-called freedoms back, but us still being bound in our spirits and in our hearts because we haven't responded to the good news of heaven. It's like the scripture says, imagine gaining the whole world, but losing your soul. Friends, today we're on the brink of revival if only we choose to look out from our circumstances and our despair and see that we're on the brink of a move of God if we can just see that our next door neighbors and our work colleagues and mums and dads just want to be included in the life source of heaven that comes from your life and it is it's coming from your life here's the last scripture before we pray this morning and I love this 2 Corinthians seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name, that's you. There's an if there. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's what I've been doing the last couple of months. Again, just turning from my ways, uh, aligning my heart back to him, saying, God, if there's any sin in me, any sin even in my country, God, forgive us, have mercy upon us. This is what God's promise is. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them and I will heal their land. What a powerful promise for us. Powerful promise as we're standing here on land that represents not only this region, but this nation. God said himself, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I'm calling us today 
as a church while in the midst of a pandemic, while we're battling through life. Let's not just be people that survive, but let us be people that thrive in revival. Oh, there's three, there's three words that rhyme for you. I'm a poet and I do not know it. But let's set our faces towards heaven. Say, God, move in a dynamic that I don't fully understand in a way that's beyond me. Move in my heart because, you know what, we might be on the edge of despair, but we're on the brink of a revival. I'm believing that. You know what that speaks over your life today as I pray? It speaks life. You say, Jono, what does revival ultimately mean? It means coming to life. It means to live again. And I'm speaking the life source of heaven into your world today, the life of heaven that knows no boundaries, the life of heaven, the resurrection life of heaven that comes upon resurrected uh, you know, things that have died, comes upon dead corpus, corpses and brings them back to life. That's the life I'm speaking over you today and praying in all of our circumstances in Jesus' name. So let's pray together. I'm praying over us, praying over our future. I'm praying over your life today in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. Father God, you have gave me this word and I've given it to your people. Now you do your thing. You do your thing. May these seeds of faith and seeds of perspective change just be deposited in people's hearts today, in people's marriages, in people's families, in our church today for us to see beyond where we're at in our struggle in life and to see that we are possibly on the brink of the greatest revival the earth has ever known, at least for the northern rivers. We are praying today that while we're on this land, we are praying, heal our land, heal our land. Your heart is broken, that people's hearts are broken. And so today we are pleading and interceding on behalf of this land, the peoples of the northern rivers and the southern Gold Coast, people that we love. Lord Jesus, we love them because you first loved them. We're praying, Lord God, that you would move upon our people, that you would do great and mighty things on this land. We dedicate this land representing the land of the Holy Spirit. We're praying that this land, the seven and a half acres would be the the land, the great land of the Holy Spirit. We're praying, Lord Jesus, for a move of your Holy Spirit in people's hearts and people's lives. We thank you, Lord God, that those revivals, those renewals, in the Old Testament and New Testament, they began just one with one person or two people that got a spiritual renewal, that the fire came alive in them and something just happened. We're praying, Lord God, today for your people that something would come alive. May we be different. Lord Jesus, may there be the glory of God upon us in the midst of darkness. May your light shine upon us and through us for kingdom purposes today. I'm praying darkness to flee over people's minds, over people's hearts, over people's circumstances today. I'm praying, Lord Jesus, a fresh wind of your spirit to come into people's spirits and beings right now, into their rooms and into their homes. They would would sense the lightness of heaven as they're looking up to the sun and looking up to the sky again. In all your goodness and grace, we're praying for a move of your spirit like never before. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen, Amen. We love you, friend. Let's worship with this song. It's such a powerful song. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
If you would like to connect with us, we would love to connect with you. Jump on our website, tweetcoastchurch.com.au for ways to stay in touch. Or follow us on Instagram at Tweet Coast Church. Well, that's it from us. Have a fantastic week. Thank you.